You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. When Wilma Walsh left Canada to work with the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan in 1969, she told me that it changed her life. Little did she know how she'd be a part of the pivotal role that the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan would play as a voice for the people of Taiwan. During her time in Taiwan, Wilma experienced the Kuomintang's surveillance and censorship and felt the lingering impact of the 228 massacre, which happened on February 28, 1947. She was the English secretary to Reverend Gao Zhimin, the general secretary of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan. When Taiwan's international status and the fate of Taiwan's people came into question, Reverend Gao and others wrote the public statement on our national fate. Wilma typed it up and took it out of Taiwan to Hong Kong, where it could be safely mailed out. She also recounted how she was working at the Bible Society in Taipei in 1975 when the police arrived to confiscate Taiwanese Holo language versions of the Bible, and she ended up smuggling out two copies of the Bible out of Taiwan. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988, and its mission is 1. To evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity. 2. To oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality. 3. To fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs. 4. To contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan. 5. To reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NADWA, visit their website www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. Can you tell me a little bit about your involvement with the Presbyterian Church? Well, I've been part of the Presbyterian Church in Canada for all my life. Uh I was baptized at five months. I was born in New Brunswick on the East Coast, and my father came to Guelph Uh to find work. So I really grew up in Guelph. And then I was here until I went to Toronto in 1960, Mm -hmm. and then I went to Taiwan in 69. Yeah, so what what is it that led you to go to Taiwan? Um, the overseas secretary, like, if you were a woman, you had to go out under the WMS, a single woman. Okay. You had to go out under the WMS. If you were a couple, you went under the Board of World Mission. Okay. And there were different, whole two different entities. What was the WMS? The Women's Missionaries. Mary Whale came to my house one day, one mm-hmm. evening, mm-hmm. and I was making a, a blouse for her because she was going to India and she wanted me to make her a, a, the blouse of Bondari. Mm-hmm. Mary Whale was overseas secretary for the Women's Missionary Society. Mm-hmm. So I made it for her and uh, she came over and while she was there, she said to me, would I consider going to going overseas? Mm-hmm. And I just laughed at her. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> but you see, I had a letter from her initially 
when mm-hmm. I was about, um, when I first went to Toronto, saying mm-hmm. that someone had spoken to her and mentioned me as a possible candidate for overseas. Okay. But this was like seven years before. Oh. In fact, I think I still have the letter. Then um, oh, the bird's talking now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and uh, so she, when she came to see me and I said to her, well, we only had six mission fields at that point. We only had six. Okay. And I said, there are two in India. Mm-hmm. And India has closed the doors on anyone coming. Guyana, which has also closed the doors. Mm-hmm. Japan has the person, there's my skills already there. Mm-hmm. And um, Africa with Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they weren't requesting anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's six, I guess. And then, and I said, that only leaves Formosa. Of course, then yeah. it was known as Formosa. Right. And she says, that's where I want you to go. <laughs> oh. And I said, well, I don't know. And she, she said to me, will you think about it? Uh-huh. And she said, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to India. Yeah. I'll be there about three weeks. Will you write oh. to me when I'm there and let me uh-huh. know what you're thinking? Okay. So I just wrote to her and said, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said to her, you know, I didn't know whether... I had not mentioned it to my folks, my parents at all. Okay. And uh, had a card back from her saying, pack your bags, they're waiting for you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How old were you at that time, Wilma? I was about, um, let's see, I was born in 37, and that was 1969. So I was 23, 33, 33. Okay. So that's how you ended up going to Taiwan so at her then, encouragement? So then I ended up um, telling my parents. Uh-huh. And my father, bless his heart, he said, if I had an opportunity like that, I'd go tomorrow. Oh, wow. And that was his reaction. Okay. My mother was afraid I'd marry someone over there. I'd never come home. What were you doing before you went overseas to Taiwan? Because you mentioned that you had a degree in business. I worked for a mortgage company. Oh, I went, it was called the Urinary Mortgage Corporation. Oh, I was in the mortgage department. Okay. And I, I worked for only six months at the University of Guelph in the chemistry department. And I oh. hated every minute of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what did you know about Taiwan or Formosa before you went there? Did you know anything about it? I knew very little about Taiwan. Um I had uh, done some work for the Board of Missions. Okay. And I was, and I think it was on Mackay Hospital. Okay. And, uh, and you know, how many hectares of land they had and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finally found out a little bit about their measurements, but that was all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't know, I didn't know much about, about Taiwan at all. And, and even when I went there, I went to, um, I had an orientation. It was mm-hmm. a five-week orientation. Okay. And then before that, I went to the Toronto School of Linguistics because okay. I knew I'd be studying Chinese. Yeah. Mandarin, so you I, studied linguistics before you went to Taiwan? Before went I went, Taiwan. yes, uh-huh. through the University of Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So and, at that time, it must have been Mandarin Chinese. I don't imagine they would have taught must Chinese. Must have been what? 
Mandarin Chinese? I don't think they would well, have taught Taiwanese. I studied Taiwanese first. You did? Really? Yes. Oh. And uh, then when, when I went back for my second term, I studied Chinese, Mandarin. Oh, great. So what was your first impression of Taiwan? And what year was it again? 1969. I think that the first thing I remember, I stayed with the Sutherlands. Jamie and Joyce Sutherland. Okay. Until I found a place to live. Right. They wanted me to be there. I stayed with the Sutherlands yes. for about three weeks. And uh-huh. I lived in the same apartment that this Rose had lived in, but it was still vacant. So Rose so, was the person who was in the position before you? No, she wasn't in the position before oh. me. She was a nurse. Oh, okay. She was a nurse. Yeah. Okay. She went to, she went from Mackay Hospital to Mennonite Hospital. Oh, I see. And then I started by, studying Taiwanese in the mornings, and then I went to work in the afternoons. It was an awful heavy day. Yeah. Because then I had to study in the evenings. Wow. Other people studied in the morning, studied in the afternoon, and then had evenings free. I didn't have my evenings free. Oh, wow. And I worked with um, the first, the general secretary that was there when I went there was M.C. Chong. Okay. And then he was there for about a year. And the moderator was Dr. Shia, who was the, uh, he was a moderator of the church. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Jai, Jai, not Jai. It was near, it was near Zhonghua anyway. Okay. And, uh, but anyway, he died in a car accident. Oh, dear. Then Dr. Gao came uh-huh. and I worked with him then for the rest of my time there. Right. Do you remember what your first impression of Taiwan was or what Taiwan was like in those early days? Well, I can remember the smells more than <laughs> I can. Because, you know, I used to go up the canal road. I'd walk up the canal. Do you know what I mean by the canal road in, in Taipei? Oh, it doesn't I'm not exist sure. now. Oh, there no. was the, just a canal. It, the, the office was on Changchenlu. Okay. And it was near which is about a couple of blocks from Mackay Hospital, and it okay. runs off some Grand Bay Loo. Okay. And, uh, but anyway, and I can remember the smells because the, the men used to use it as a urinal. Oh, dear. And it was awful smells. Oh, dear. So yeah. that's what I remember about my first experience in Taiwan the smells. Right, I'm sure. But martial law was in effect. When I went there. Yes. Yeah. In fact, it was in effect all the time I was there. Oh, right. So there was a lot of military presence then? Yeah. And I I got to know some, some Taiwanese, but I had to be very, very careful because some of them were planted and were informers. Uh-huh. So, and I was warned about this. And I suspected everyone <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. That's difficult to have your guard up all the time, right? Yeah, it was It was a difficult time to be in Taiwan. Yeah. You yeah. know, and now when you go back there, and it's so much easier. So you've been there since the martial law was lifted? I've Did- been there many, many oh, times. Oh, okay. In fact, I wish that I had my letters, my first year letters uh-huh. that I mailed to my mother, uh-huh. dad's. Mm-hmm. My mother threw them out. Oh, I'm 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Because they would probably tell me a lot. Yes, sure. Yeah. Because you were in Taiwan during the martial law. So was there ever any problems with any correspondence, like your letter, the mail oh, that you sent with your parents? Our, our stuff, our, we, we would get things cut out. Yeah. So you would re- you would get a letter from your parents and stuff would be cut out of your letter? Well, I would get, it would be more apt to be the letters that I sent to my mom and dad. Yeah. And yeah, they were cut out, but. Oh, so you're, when say, your parents you received it, there was something missing? Yeah, they, yeah, there was just oh my goodness. all pieces cut out of them, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Reverend Gao. You ended up working for him. What were your responsibilities? I was the English language secretary. Mm-hmm. So I did it all out of that. I was teaching, I think, three afternoons a week. Okay. Two or three afternoons a week at the college in Hamsui. It was right next door to Oxford College. Okay. It was called, maybe it was called Oxford. Now it's called Alethea. Okay, yes. yes. Yeah, and I was yeah. teaching English there. Mm-hmm. English is a second language. Okay. And that was near near where Georgia S. Mackay lived. My last year there, I worked for a half a, a day, half a day. I think it was Wednesday afternoons. I worked at the Bible Society. So tell me more about your work with Dr. Gao. I'd go for ice cream with him oh, because that's nice. he, he wanted to tell me what was happening. Oh, because right. you couldn't you couldn't talk about it because the walls had ears. Oh, so. He didn't even feel safe talking in the no, uh, office. No. Oh. no, because like one of the things he told me mm-hmm. that one of the ladies in the office, they know was a planted. Oh, but they couldn't do anything about that? No, they couldn't. You know, and they don't question it. You know, they don't question anything. Mm. They didn't in those days. Now, well, nowadays, they, they wouldn't have the ability to do anything. I guess if they, they do, wouldn't be able to do anything yeah. about it. But yeah. now, nowadays, they would do something oh, sure. about it. Sure, but not then, mm. because um, the Taiwanese were, I think, afraid of the Kuomintang. Oh yes, yeah, because of the the murders. Yes, because of two two eight, of course. Yeah, and the martial law. I mean, yeah. 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 yeah, they don't call a white terror era for nothing. <laughs> a lot, a lot of the people at the school were murdered, oh, and, and it all started with a young woman selling cigarettes. Yes, in front of Mackay Hospital. Yes, you probably know that. Yes, I know the story. Some of these things, I did yeah. seem rather strange. Me having the fire, this fireplace going in the middle of summer. You know, if anyone was outside and see us, see the smoke going up the chimney. Um, oh, wait, why was that? Because another doctor Bell would give me things to take home and burn. Oh. And uh, because they didn't want anyone to read them. Oh. Can you tell me a little bit about Reverend Gao? He's such a legendary, important. He was a very fine man. He was a very godly man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like a big brother to me. That's the best way to describe him. And his wife, they lived on the fourth floor, and the office was on the third floor and the okay. second floor. Okay. And we were on the second floor. I was on the second floor. My desk was just outside his office. Well, I was, was there when they issued their statement on their national fate. Okay. 
I actually typed the original copy of it. Oh, I see. I think my biggest cultural shock when I went to Taiwan was mm-hmm. they had an electric typewriter. Oh. And I I'd set a standard in Canada. Oh, wow. Wow. But, of course, there were no computers then. Oh, yeah, sure. Before we talk about the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan's statement on their national fate, let's rewind to what happened the year before in 1970. So it was about 1970. The government was constantly watching the church. The General Assembly in Taiwan. Yes. That year, they they didn't have they didn't have a quorum. It was my maybe my second year there. The Presbyterian, the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan was having an assembly General Assembly meeting. Yeah. One of the reports was canceling the membership in the World Council of Churches, oh. which they didn't want to do. Yeah, but. The government was saying they had to because the government was against Taiwan. Yes. And uh, Dr. Gao, I remember going to the assembly and he said, you know, we'll probably be back home again. Didn't last very long because Mm. everyone had to vote for for the motion because they were being watched. Yeah. So the Kuomintang was forcing... The Kuomintang was, was there, forcing you know, the, to right, withdraw from to the withdraw. World Council of Churches. After the Kuomintang government forced the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan to withdraw from the World Council of Churches in 1970, the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan wrote letters to partner churches telling them what had happened. Yes. And I was going to Hong Kong for Christmas. Okay. So I suggested to Dr. Gao that we mail them from Taiwan to the partner churches. So just to clarify the letter that you mailed in Hong Kong, those letters were sent to, you mentioned the partner churches, like the United Church of Canada, the Methodist Church in the well, States. Yeah, there was there were six partner churches, yeah. Presbyterian Church, Northern Church, and the Southern Church mm-hmm. in the States. And then there was the Methodist, mm-hmm. the Church of England, what, what became the... Uh, Reformed Church of England and uh, the Presbyterian Church in Canada. That's mm-hmm. then, oh, the the Korean, the Kyodan, or the Korean Christian Church in Japan. It's yeah, Murray Darwin and I, we did also, for the ones in the States, mm-hmm. we took, we went down to the American Embassy in okay. the, uh, in Yeah. And um, we gave them copies of the letter, too. With asked them to um, put them in their in their bag, going out because yeah. the that bag was confidential, right? And no one could search it. Right. That's how we got those. Up. So we didn't know whether they would go or not. Wow! So that's why I took them out. What did the letter say? Well, the letter basically said that we had been forced to write the letter. The church was forced to write the letter. We also said that we had to withdraw from the World Council of Churches. Mm-hmm. That we did not want to leave the World Council of Churches. And uh-huh. they still consider us a member, but not put us on their list. Mm-hmm. So you see, the World Council of Churches also got a copy of the letter mm-hmm. in which we said that that was not the wish of the church, but they had to vote for it, or they had they had no choice but to vote for it. So the letter was saying, although they had to vote that way, that was not their wish. It was not, it was not their wish to yeah. withdraw. And now for a short break. We're planning a special live event with illustrator and cartoonist Guy Gilchrist on November 5th so that our listeners can meet him and experience his artistry live. 
Details will be posted on our GoFundMe campaign page soon. While Guy is best known as the cartoonist of Jim Henson's Muppets comic strip, he has also had his hand in notable cartoons such as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, Tiny Toons, The Pink Panther, and Disney, among others. We also have a special announcement for all of our donors, past, present, and future. We're giving all of our donors exclusive first listening access to upcoming interviews with Karen Lynn, Democratic candidate for Justice of the Civil Court in Queens, New York. Chin Chi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who was recently inducted into the New York Foundation for the Arts Hall of Fame. Michelle Kuo, an attorney, activist, and author of Reading with Patrick, which is a runner-up for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize and the Goddard Riverside Stefan Russo Book Prize for Social Justice. Ed Lynn, author of Death Doesn't Forget, and Joe Henley, author of Migrante. If you want exclusive access to these episodes and more, support Talking Taiwan by making a contribution to our GoFundMe campaign. We are so grateful for our growing listenership and all the support that we've been receiving. Now, back to the episode. Wilma explained how she had to be very careful when she went through customs. When I went out, Joy Randy and I were going out, and I said to Joy, now you just go separate from me. I'll just go, you know, as if we're not traveling together. Okay. Because I didn't want them to search her oh. uh, if they were going to search me. And they searched me. But And the interesting thing was I had put the letters in a very obvious spot. I put them in my purse. Oh. <laughs> so, and they wouldn't touch, they wouldn't open a woman's purse. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't uh, give them the opportunity to uh, see so, the letters. The following year, in 1971, the Republic of China's seat in the United Nations was replaced by the People's Republic of China. UN Resolution 2758 stated that the People's Republic of China is the only legitimate government of China. This meant that the Kuomintang no longer had a seat in the UN as a representative of China or otherwise. The fate of Taiwan and its people came into question. This news and U.S. President Nixon's announcement that he would be visiting China in early 1972 led the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan to issue the public statement on our national fate, and Wilma explained how Dr. Gao and others started working on it. Dr. Gao, he was a very brave man. Brave, brave. They used to meet at the office when they were doing the statement, but they always met at night. Oh, when the office staff were not there. At least it seemed like that. It, like it seemed, well, they would come in after. I mean, it would probably just be after the employees left work. Well, I could imagine why that would be, right? If they're working yeah. on a statement, uh, they would yeah. not want to have any disruption. They, or, they didn't. They didn't want the people to know what was going on, right? Or put anybody else at risk, right? Yeah. I thought maybe they might be suspicious of me because when they delivered this, the statement on their national fate mm -hmm. in 1971, and I went to Hong Kong yeah. and I mailed the letters. That must have been very nerve-wracking too. Well, to, it was, yeah, yeah, especially when you went through the customs. The public statement on our national fate that was issued by the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan on December 29th 
1971, stated that the people on Taiwan have the right to determine their own destiny and that a general election be held in Taiwan. The Kuomintang government interpreted this as a challenge to their authority. Yeah, I think when they issued the statement on their national faith, that they were very, very anxious. Yes. The church leaders. You see, the Presbyterian yes. Church in Taiwan yes. was the largest organized Taiwanese body. Yes. And therefore, the Kuomintang Party was afraid of them. Then, in 1975, the Kuomintang started confiscating Bibles written in Romanized Taiwanese Holo. Wilma was there that day at the Bible Society when it happened. I used to go in on Wednesday afternoons. Yeah. And when I arrived, I could tell there was something wrong because he was really, really uptight. You know, you could see he was really tense. Oh. And uh, well, the I general secretary, it. he just he just told me, he said, they're here to take away the Bibles. Give me 20 minutes before you come down and then come down and then they'll leave. I was nervous then because, you know, you wonder what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I can re- still remember sitting at that desk uh-huh. and, you know, and the woman that was the inside informer, yeah. was the, her desk was right near mine. So, of course, she was watching me. Yeah. So they, the staff didn't know what was going on. Oh, right. We didn't say anything to them. Oh, oh, so that nobody, so they didn't know what was going on. No, Swajin Lee, he kept it, you know. Oh, wow. It was downstairs anyway from the building, and now we were upstairs. Right, so usually you maybe you wouldn't know what was going on downstairs since you're doing your work upstairs. Yeah, if you're you're working, Mm -hmm. you know, you you wouldn't, it was just a storehouse for all the Bibles. Yeah. I went downstairs, and as soon as they saw me, a foreigner, the police left. How many police were there? Oh, there was lots of men there because they were packing up the Bibles. Oh. Like, I mean, 10 or 12 people, maybe. Oh, oh so they're, they're literally packing them up. Wow. They were packing them up and taking them, yes. Oh, my goodness. There, it was the um, translation done by the Mary Knowles. It was a red Bible. And it was in Taiwanese, Romanized. Okay. It wasn't in. Uh, it wasn't in character, and oh, that's why they were taking it. This was not surprising because the Kuomintang had declared Mandarin Chinese as the official language, and systemically prohibited the use of other native languages, such as Holo, Hakka, and indigenous languages. How many do you think that they took away? Do you I know how know many how there many were? They took. Yeah, they you took several how- boxes anyway. Yeah, so you don't know how many Bibles no. were there in the first no. place either. No, but um, it, it took more than half what was there. And then we were able to, we didn't know whether they would leave. And he managed to get a couple of them and put them aside to give to me. He they had taken it. quite a few. Oh, In fact, they had taken most of them. Oh. But they didn't want to lose the manuscript. So Swajin Lee came up to my house mm-hmm. and gave me two of them, two of the Bibles, and asked me to take them to Canada and mail them to the United States. Oh my and goodness. I was coming home in May, mm-hmm. and that was one of the last things I did. And mm-hmm. I had a, a cage. Um, in fact, I think it's still downstairs. Um, <laughs> really? And, it, and, I, and in my Siamese cabinet. 
and I had a red mat made for the bottom of the cage mm-hmm. so that it was the same color as the Bibles. Oh. And then I put it underneath her in her cage. Huh. I think I was very, very definite as to how the cat would be treated at yeah. the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I wanted her not to have um, not to be stressed mm-hmm. because then they 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 would be afraid of her. And then if she was stressed they, and they were afraid of her, they may not let her in. Mm-hmm. They may not let her go. Mm-hmm. I had to have her shots and all that. Yeah, yeah. So she had to have a lot, a lot more preparation than, than I did. <laughs> <laughs> she stayed in the cage. On, mm-hmm. And then while I went to buy her ticket, I didn't let them weigh her. We took oh. the Bibles out first. Oh. But uh, we didn't, we did it very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we had to be very careful. Yeah. And that Dan Whalen took the Bibles out and he mm-hmm. tucked them away in his shirt. Oh, wow. And because uh, in May it's hot. You yes. saw, you see, you wouldn't have a coat on. Oh, wow. He hid the Bibles in there. And then, uh, and then after I weighed, had the cat weighed and bought her a ticket, then we tucked these bottles underneath <laughs> the, underneath the red pot again. Yeah. So really the cat did the smuggling. <laughs> <Black carrier. laughs> and, and her name was Ming Li. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And uh, in those days, like, was the cat allowed on the plane with you or did she? Have yeah, she be? was on certain aircraft. She was allowed on. Okay. And we went down, we went by Hawaii. Oh, nice. But I couldn't take her. They mm. took her from me oh, when no. I got to Hawaii I'm because sorry. I was not allowed to hold on to her. Oh. In, I was only there for eight hours. Yeah. Okay. It was a layover. Two hours. Okay. I see. And uh, they wouldn't let me hold on to her oh. and interesting when I got to Los Angeles they allowed me to have her with me oh. and uh, and I never gave, gave it too much thought but I kept her in her cage put her at my feet and mm-hmm. we went into the restaurant wow so when you're in Hawaii you had the layover so they just kept her and then you were in the airport they waiting. just kept her and yeah. then when I went to get back on the plane they didn't give me the cat <gasps> And oh, I no. said, where's my cat? Yeah. And I was panicking that, that yeah. something had happened to her. Oh, no. And they said, well, we, you'll see her when you get there. And I oh, said, no. I'm not getting on the plane without her. Yeah. So, so what did they do? Did they give her so to They you? went and got her and I gave her to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Because I wasn't going to get on the plane with her. Because I thought if I get on the plane and the plane takes off and she's not there. Yeah. What do mm-hmm. I do? Yeah, so, that's terrible. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aww. And, you know, although I knew it was an American pl- place, so I knew they yeah. were trustworthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still like you needed to have her yeah. actually with you. Is Because I cat. didn't know whether the Taiwan had sent a message to keep her or what, you know. I don't think, I don't think people, like the missionaries even from our church, we're not aware of the stress that we were. Yeah. Jamie Sutherland was in the office. Right. And Murray Garvin was in the office. So the three of us knew, but the others didn't really Meaning know. Meaning they, they were they in Taiwan. They, they were in Taiwan, but yeah. they were doing their work and yeah. they did, you know, it didn't yeah. have anything to do with them. 
we were all very much involved with the National Church. Yes. And so what happened when you, you returned to Canada in 75 with these Bibles? The Bibles, I got, got them to the Bible Society in Canada. Oh, I took them okay. over. Oh, I see. I walked them over. <laughs> they, were, they were at uh, like the church offices on Winter Drive and Don Mills. Oh, and I see. At, and then um, did you? Don Mills and Lawrence and it was right. over, at, over just on the other side of the parkway. Yeah. And I would imagine you have to explain to them why you're giving them these well, Bibles, well, right? I, I did explain them, but I don't think they believe me. Oh, yeah. You if know. people don't know the situation, it may sound it's, kind of paranoid. If they don't, if they don't know, of, yeah. they've never lived in a country that's under martial law. Yeah, it sounds very paranoid. Yeah, it sounded like I was just paranoid about it. Yeah. You know, but, where I, I was Paranoid. Yeah, but with reason. <laughs> yeah, I wanted them to get to New York because if they didn't get there, then we weren't oh. sure that the we were afraid that the manuscript would be lost. I see. Do you know and, that? You know, the Bible manuscript was important, and it was uh-huh. in Taiwanese. Yes. Despite all these things that you've been through and the times that you were there, you were okay. I mean, you had to. I was fine. I was yeah. fine. Yeah, and I I'm, knew that the worst that could happen to me that would, with everything that I did, mm-hmm. was that I could be sent home. Right. But I knew my colleagues in Taiwan mm-hmm. could go before the firing squad. Right, so, meaning the local so Taiwanese, because you were a foreigner, yeah. so you could. Yeah. So get, I, did you would it. just be sent back to Canada. Right. Yeah. And I knew that that's all the worst that could happen to me. But I knew what would happen to my colleagues. Oh wow. You know, we had to be very careful in the office. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There were people in the office, and you never knew quite who was who. Yeah. (laughs) How did did you know this, Wilma? Did did Reverend Kao tell you this, or did somebody tell you? Yeah, yeah. I used to go for walks with them. Jamie would tell me. They would say, be careful. But so I'm just curious, Wilma, then. So how did you know, like, that you would be okay, that... You know, the worst well, that would happen I, to you. I was- guess we just we just assumed that we would they would never do anything to us because we're protected by our government. Okay, but they were not protected by their government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were that's there- one of the things about being from a free country like Canada. Yeah, is that you are protected by the government. Do you they know of any people. Taiwanese that ended up? We would never hear about them. Yes, but did any Taiwanese that you knew of like uh, have anything mysterious happen to them? Like well, a lot, a lot or... of the ones that were teaching at Kamkang Middle School, mm-hmm. they were they were shot, murdered during, during the time the, that you were yeah, there. During the two twenty eight. Yes, that yes, that I'm yeah. aware of. But I'm wondering but we if knew, any... we so we knew that they were capable of doing this. Okay. Okay, so, so you knew this because of the two two eight incident. I don't know whether I was told that or whether I was guessed that, but I knew that that was the case. But you had heard. We, you probably heard that we had to be careful, right? And you had, had heard to, about this. No, we always had to be careful what we said. Yes, because the walls had ears. Yeah, if anyone came in, if there was anyone that was controversial, mm-hmm. we wouldn't let Doctor Gaug meet with him. Because I it was see. not good for him. Right. And uh, so we would take them out for lunch. I would take them. <laughs> Interesting. And so then, you know, I was just young then too, you know, and I stopped and think, 
what I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of that? You think it's pretty know. courageous? Like, <laughs> Well, I think that there were a lot of people that were very courageous during those days. But, you know, the early missionaries didn't go through any of that. But it was just during martial law that we, that we seemed to go through Yeah, it. because of that time I think, period. I think once, once, um, well, once the 228 happened, they say there's anywhere from 30,000 to 100,000. Sure, they thousands, don't really know yeah. how many. Yeah, it's hard to know. When you look at your childhood or growing up, like, would you ever have imagined that you would have gone through these things or have, like, to a lot of people, this never, is quite, never, ever. In fact, this I is never quite courageous. And, and in fact, I never even thought about it when I went to Taiwan. Yeah. I arrived, I was arriving in Taiwan and just as the plane was just about to fly in. Yeah. They were going from Japan to Tokyo to Taipei. Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know anyone here. <laughs> I don't know a soul. Yeah. I didn't know any of the Canadians. I yeah. had never met any of them. Mm-hmm. And there I was. I never even thought a thing about it until then. And yeah. I said to the man that I was sitting beside, yeah. I said, you know, I just have a terrible thought. I don't know anyone here. Oh. And like he, I told him what I was going to do. And uh, he said, um, well, he said, if you ever get stuck, he gave me his card. He said, oh. I'm staying at the Ambassador Hotel in Taipei. Oh. He said, and I'll make sure you get out of here. Oh, that's kind. I can't imagine my life without Taiwan. Really? I know it's changed my life. How? Um, I think I'm a better person because of it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more sensitive. I don't know. Yeah, I I could see that, having gone through and seen the things that you like, saw. I, don't, I think from when I was first appointed to Taiwan. Okay. I found myself changing. How is that? How, what were you like before and how did you change? I was very self. Really? You know, you're was, very, was, you're very what? Wilma than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people were really surprised when I was going overseas. Really? A couple months ago, there was a shooting at a Taiwanese Presbyterian church in Irvine, California. What are your thoughts about that? What did you think when you heard about that? Well, you know, there's so many shootings. And, of course, it was at the time when the school shootings in the schools, too, yeah. was happening. Yeah. Um, I, I was, of course, horrified that they would even do this to the mm-hmm. Taiwanese. Yeah. And even now with the... Um, but the visit of Nancy Pelosi, uh, her visit has angered them terribly. Mm-hmm. And now they're putting aircraft over the city of Taipei. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, um, like all parts of Taiwan, even the south. Yeah. yeah is it all, was it in all parts? Yeah. You know? yeah very close to Kaohsiung, too. Um, but what did, what were your thoughts? Do you know about the details of the shooting in California? I didn't know. I didn't have too many of the details. Okay. No, I was just curious if you had any thoughts yeah. about that. Tell of course, me how... I was horrified. Yeah, I know. It was terrible. It. It was I mean, you know, my mother used to call the Taiwanese my kinfolk. Uh-huh. And you really were my kinfolk. Anything that happened to Taiwan, it happened to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Wilma, I want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with me. I'm glad I was able to, yeah. I've been speaking with Dr. Wilma Walsh about her work with the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan in the 1970s. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA 
was founded in 1988 to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity, to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality, to fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs, to contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan, to reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NATWA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.